Hey everyone, this is our podcast, Underleveled. Everything we say here is our opinion. If you disagree, tell us on social media. We promise not to ignore you. Mostly. Welcome to the Underlevel Podcast, where we discuss all things popular and nerdy that appeal to us. Today, I got with me Greg. Hello. And Patrick. What up? So, goal of the episode is to talk about uh, just some nerdy news that we have that got gathered by Patrick. And then, for what we're going to take down to our level, we're going to be discussing... Uh, the next gen of video games and talking about what we saw in this current gen that we'd like to see continue and different trends and stuff that go on. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Patrick. Patrick, what do you got for us today? All right, guys. So we talked about it a little bit a couple of episodes ago, um, but I have still and to this day remain one of the few people on the planet who hasn't watched Game of Thrones. Um uh, <laughs> wow and uh it's you know it's kind of pertinent right now because game of thrones actually just came to its end after six long arduous years um, <laughs> of slog fest and slaughter um and you guys uh i'm sure you've seen on the internet a lot of people aren't happy is it just the internet i think uh looking at greg greg you're unhappy <laughs> i mean i i think it's all of, of american society that's a little bothered and i guess western society or whoever's watched game of thrones really i mean it's kind of universally the fans are kind of bothered by it so yeah yeah i'm really excited to actually read the books this time so damn Greg excited to read books. It's not a good sign. Boy, oh, I read books God. a lot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, I thought that the season is honestly, for me, looking at Game of Thrones, I just knew it never would live up to the hype that it built. It's just, yeah. It was too big. <laughs> like not, even if it was a perfect season writing-wise, it was just never going to live up to anybody's hype and expectations. And I just think that they had so many things that they had to try to round up. It was it was Game of Thrones. Like, in all honesty, to do Game of Thrones justice, and especially to really focus on the material that the books have, they would need, like, 23 seasons. Yeah. So trying to wrap everything up in eight, and then, what, the last two had seven and six episodes if i remember correctly they didn't even have like the full full 10 that they usually do yeah and i i honestly think that was kind of a mistake i think they should have tried to put more episodes into it kind of flush they should have honestly gone like yeah they should have done more episode seasons yeah oh yeah for sure i mean most of the issues i think come down to writing because it was so condensed i mean if you look at like the production quality that that kind of stuff it looks pretty damn good Mm -hmm. um and it looks like a feature film so yeah it really does come down to just writing issues honestly and there's a lot of reasons for that so yeah before i was on this call i was watching the production 
and kind of behind the scenes thing that they're running tonight. It was super awesome. And it really showed you how much people really took this to heart and how much they worked on it and how much of the little things that you see in the show that you never thought were really a big deal, were such a big deal. Um, there was this one guy, I forgot his name, but he was the master of snow, basically. So you would see him with his like crew like telling them like where to put snow, like rubbing snow on stuff. It was a mixture of uh, paper and water. And that, that was what they were working on the whole show. But you would never think that. You'd either think that they're in some remote location where there is snow or that they like went and got like one of those like snow machines that they used at like uh snowboarding mountains and stuff mm. so, yeah the production no, quality was... for tv shows really unrivaled i think it's right pretty awesome and the music the music is fucking amazing yeah i mean there's better scores out there but for a tv show oh. especially i mean oh. It's pretty gorgeous. That's, it's up there. It's up there. And and the main title of Game of Thrones will always be one of those things. Uh, just like Star Wars, just like Jurassic Park, you know, where the moment you hear it, just even the beginning part, the instruments mm-hmm. like sound so mm-hmm. um, eclectic and just unique that you'll just know what it is, you know. And I think that that's awesome. That's all a show could really ask for. The yeah. moment you play that tune anywhere, you're just like Game of Thrones, right? True, true. So, for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's had a really good legacy. Um, it will mean that a lot of HBO subscriptions have now ended. Yes. <laughs> so I wish that company good luck on their next big venture because they're going to need another one. Um, another big thing. They, that they got another Game of Thrones going. Basically, It's just like, how can we sustain our wallet until we get to the next Game of Thrones? <laughs> another thing that just happened in the news um, finally, after I think only like three weeks of being out, uh, Avengers Endgame has finally passed um, Avatar uh, in terms of total grossing in the box office. Made a lot of money. Impressive. Most <laughs> impressive. Impressive. Yeah. Um, I don't know the, the number values, but it's honestly, it was just crazy. When I surpassed the 1 billion mark, mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what the actual fuck that many people have gone and seen it, you know? <laughs> but they did a, an amazing job with marketing and, like, building a hype around it. God damn. Oh, yeah. Well, think of how many movies, like, go into that. Like, if that yeah. didn't sell incredibly well, I'd honestly be really surprised because... Just think how many dozens of movies have come out just preparing for that. True, true. But I think that's kind of what's strange too to me is I feel there's a ton of movies where people would want to see it and they want to see the hype around it. Think about how many people even with like Game of Thrones were like, should I just watch season eight and just like call it good? And it's like, no, don't fucking do that. So they're kind of discouraged from doing that. But with a like Endgame, there's so many people where they're like, ah, oh, I saw Civil War. I saw the first Iron Man when it released, which is a long fucking time ago. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, I saw Endgame. It was so That's awesome. Like Ten years ago now. For yeah, Iron right. Man. Yeah. So it was pretty cool that they that the story was like at least good enough to like capture people like that. So. For no, sure. it was it was a good time. Uh, yeah. I don't. You guys haven't seen it yet, but like pretty good. If you if you don't see it soon, I would just wait for it to be DVD, Netflix, Infinity Wars on Netflix, Ragnarok's on Red Netflix. So I honestly couldn't see why not. Or I bet you, you Greg, you're gonna get Disney Plus, right? 
potentially i mean for, for the star wars stuff yeah, yeah i want to see the mandalorian a lot yeah so there's no way that that doesn't go on there so yeah i could wait for endgame marvel hasn't really captured my imagination or like my undivided attention for quite a long time now so mm-hmm. but i'd for sure watch it i mean it's probably not bad by any means i mean most marvel mm-hmm. movies aren't so true i'm just still wondering what DC's doing like they're not even announcing really like the progress of their movies and like i kind of feel like i don't know i thought they've always been missing out because they kind of screwed the pooch at the beginning um you know throwing out the the first batman trilogy for more movies and then they just botched superman and that just kind of set them off on the wrong foot um but i really did expect them to you know like at least like push harder like it's not like you couldn't make noise well the mcu was wrapping up you know yeah dc's in a really weird position because think they're trying to play catch up with marvel and their really good batman trilogy by christopher nolan like that was quite a while ago if you think about it the last one was what 2012 and does that even really count as dc not really because it doesn't fit in with any of the DC cinematic universe, but it was yeah. before that. I mean, they weren't really trying to play catch up with Marvel at that point because it hadn't the Marvel universe hadn't really even taken off at that point. I mean, when Dark Knight came out, that's the same year as Iron Man, and that's I mean, for for two thousand eight, that's a pretty good year in movies if you just count those two. Honestly, those are two really good superhero movies. But yeah, DC now is just trying to play catch up and just release a lot of movies, and I think it's probably good that they're not talking a lot about what they're trying to do because uh their their last few movies have been pretty pretty awful so fucking suck i'm just kidding <clears throat> no i just think what's tough about dc is i feel like they set up this tone of them being this dark and very serious superhero movies and marvel is like super fun it's kind of family friendly but there's like the jokes that'll keep the adults laughing and DC really didn't go for that. So, and but they don't have writers good enough to get to the level of Christopher Nolan. So it's like they had what Zack Snyder, I think, did Batman versus Superman or one yeah, of one of the Man things of like Steel that. Too. Yeah, Man of Steel too. And he tries to go for that dark tone, the dark uh, mm. Superman suit, but it it just doesn't fit. Man. It didn't hit. It didn't hit. The superheroes too in DC, I just think are harder to work with. Uh, if you think about what really attracts people to superhero, it's kind of their human-like qualities. And I feel like the DC heroes are just kind of out there and being, like, perfect absolutely, or just absolutely. kind of sculpted in a particular way, you know? Mm-hmm. Spider-Man, I think that's why he's so successful. Is just he's a, just, He could be just a regular nerd but just got bit by a spider randomly and gets to do all this cool shit, you know? Yeah, and DC probably could write their way into kind of cool Marvel-like cinematic universe, but they have to toe that weird line of not being exactly like Marvel, not exactly. being as dark as the Dark Knight trilogy because you can't recreate something like that without somebody like Christopher Nolan again. And even then, you can't make all of your movies like that because then only like a handful of adults are going to watch it. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's a weird uh, kind of position they're in. And I think uh, Shazam was a decent attempt at trying to make a more lighthearted yeah. Film. and it was better than any of their recent movies so i mean no no shazam was good yeah I, I liked it no shazam was good aquaman also was kind of underrated um the plot line was kind of met but like in terms of storytelling <laughs> and cinematic effects at least it was pretty good 
I mean, Dude, but Aquaman had the same like dark and fun issue. You know what I mean? It, it couldn't tell that line quite well. And Shazam was by no means like flawless, but it I think it did better than that's fair. Mm. My beef with Aquaman, it was just there's some bad acting moments and whatnot, and just <laughs> strange CGI moments. But if you think about it, it's literally Black Panther in reverse, <laughs> right? So if you if you think about like Black Panther, it's literally like Killmonger succeeding at what he came there to do, and then just like ruling. Greg, don't you fucking say shit. <laughs> don't you say shit about fucking Killmonger. Killmonger was right. No, fuck uh. out of here. I'll cut that shit out so quick. Um. But yeah, I was just thinking about that as I was watching the movie. I was just thinking that it was just Black Panther, but backwards. That's <laughs> and then that just makes the movie super fun to think about. But yeah, it was it was a fun it was a fun movie. That's mm. what I'll give Aquaman. Mm. But it was not a good movie. That's right? fair. And like not a lot of superhero movies that like get up there are few and far between. Mm. But I also just think that. Marvel has just kind of had this like formula that works. So it's like why why break it? Why try to recreate it? And then even with the Dark Knight, nobody's saying that's their favorite superhero movie. Yeah. You know, it's right. just a good movie, but it's not like their favorite superhero movie because there's different aspects and different things that people I feel like enjoy for that. So Yeah. And a lot of people would say Dark Knight's better as like a film. Like exactly. overall, yeah. not just in the superhero genre. So. Yeah, it's just a Christopher Nolan film with the disguises and costumes of Batman. You know, if we yeah. removed everything else, it could just be like a super agent movie and be not that much difference. So. That's fair. That's fair. But speaking of superhero movies, guys, how about that incredible Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? <laughs> Truly. Amazing. Boy, what the fuck? No. No, 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 no. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the trailer was was fine. It, it it felt it was strange because Detective Pikachu's trailer started dropping like around the same time. So I was like, oh, they're trying to ride off uh, Detective Pikachu's coattails. But Sonic just looks fucking weird, and mm. it just makes me feel weird that people are just okay with. So there's a character, right? So if I were to draw Mario, right? In our heads, we have a very established image of what Mario looks like. But imagine if I just, like, didn't give Mario a mustache or just made him, like, not a pudgy, like, plumber dude, you know? Like, I made him, like, a teenager who's wearing, like, a sweater. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, there's a, an established kind of uh, character to it. I feel like that's what happened with Sonic. His legs looked weird. The eyes were fine, but, like, no gloves, things like that. It was just... It was just missing the Sonic touch. That's fair. But in terms of the things he did, they felt inherently Sonic. So that was cool. So they're I guess redesigning. Sonic just doesn't capture the same imagination that like Pokemon does. It doesn't capture that same nostalgic draw, I don't think, for as many people, I guess. Oh, like, no, not at all. Yeah. Well, and I Sonic mean, is like made for a different crowd, right? Sonic is made for diehard Sonic fans, which they're aren't a massive ton of anymore because he hasn't been relevant since like that one indie Sonic Mania game that came out like a year and a half ago. Every other Sonic game before that for like the past five years has kind of been trash. Yeah, and maybe we'll see a big Sonic boom from this movie, but I can't really I see it. Yeah. yeah. But it is cool that Nintendo's trying to get into this. I mean, 
I want to see different movie franchises that aren't just Marvel, that aren't just Star Wars. Why I love Star yeah. Wars, like I want to see something else. <laughs> Give me the live action more. Mario. Yeah, I, I think I think that'd be an awesome movie if you think about it. Like the premise is there; it's just your fight. You're like going on a quest. They're making they're making a fucking Dora the Explorer movie. That's I mean, the last Mario movie is pretty though. horrible. Except, except, but I think we're in the age of remakes. Christopher Nolan's Mario. Imagine that. <laughs> I uh, that'd be whack, dude. <laughs> imagine that. Dude, I Mario goes imagine through a black two, hole. <laughs> imagine too if he doesn't fucking tell you. Like that, it's a Mario movie, so it's like at the end you find out that it's, it's Mario. just about so, like, a he goes plumber, through all New these York things. City. He's just, yeah, he's just running around in overalls, and at the very end, look, the person he saves is Peach, and you're just like, oh fuck, this is a <laughs> Mario movie. That's like the twist at the end. Oh, and then there's a train that just drives through the fucking scene. Oh my god. Yeah. But the Sonic movie, it got really weird because the internet. At first, was like, okay, this is just disgusting. Not even Sonic fans liked it, uh, but people were on board to watch a train wreck. I mean, who isn't, you know? But then all of a sudden, like the company doing it released a statement saying, we've heard your feedback and criticism and we're gonna make Sonic right. But they didn't change the release date. So, like, everybody was like, well, now all these like animators, because Sonic is basically in every single like shot, like in the trailer, basically. And every single one of those, you know, like every asset, you know, the mouth is going to have to change. The eyes are going to change. Like everything's going to have to get reviewed and like approved all over again. Um, and just because of that, they um, they recently just released the news that they're actually going to move it uh, all the way back to um, to February 14th, uh, 2020. So like Valentine's Day of 2020. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting i i don't feel like i need a lot of live action remakes of a lot of these things honestly i don't know i i disagree but they've been picking all the weird ones right because there's some that i think would translate so fucking well like castlevania live action i mean they're making a live action of bebop and i think that would translate well but i don't think it's like needed Nah, I'm I still fine with think this Bebop show. is strange. Like, there's things that are very much rooted in reality where they could easily be more accessible to mm. people because it would just be good. Like Uncharted, like a like. Oh yeah, that's that's one that's being discussed, right? Yeah, an yeah, Uncharted is, movie. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But even with Uncharted, I'd rather just watch Indiana Jones again at that point because that's a very similar style. And yeah, I, I don't fair. think it's really necessary. I feel like Indiana Jones, the movies that were made in the '80s, already filled that gap. Not not the crystal skull <laughs> horror that was made but i don't know i just feel like i don't need a lot of it and there's too much potential for it to mess up but if it's good like i won't be mad if it's good obviously that's fair um, yeah. i mean they're me, yeah, just they're I'd remaking like akira content, so. and that would be cool but i don't need an akira remake i can just watch akira that's fair to an extent because there's some things where so that's if it's good Right. If it's yeah. good, then I don't need a remake. But I'm trying to think even off the top of my head of just a bad video game movie. There's a ton, but none that jumped to to my mind. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, Mortal Kombat or God, what was one that was just like criminally bad? I have to I have to remember. I just I mean, I fucking the, just there's a lot. The live action Mario movie is rated as one of the worst movies of all time. Yeah, yeah, shit like that. Didn't they remake the Tomb fucking... Raider as live action? That 
Yeah. I can't yeah, no, that, was that one that wasn't that was the highest rated like video game movie before Detective ah. Pikachu. Death so, Note was horrible. Um Resident Evil was bad. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like it's a very dangerous territory and it really is. I think one that could be killed pretty well. Oh fuck, did I forget? Come on, I gotta think. Oh god, I just after you fucking said Resident Evil, fuck. God the damn. The Last it. of Us? Yeah, yeah, that could be good. That could really be fucking good. I mean, a lot of these have the potential to be really good, but honestly, I don't know. I'm very wary of it. I'm wary of a lot of things. I don't know. I just don't need them to be made into movies. If you think, though, if Detective Pikachu raises the standards, then, like, that'd be awesome. That's true. That's fair. So, like, I don't want more shitty video game movies. I want that good shit. The thing, the thing with Detective Pikachu, and like some of us on the pod haven't like seen it yet. But the thing about Detective Pikachu is they commit so hard to making Pokemon be like essential to the world that like the suspension of disbelief is is minuscule. Like you just like everyone's there; they don't give a fuck that the Pokemon are there. So you kind of just are along for the ride. Yeah, Pokemon exist in this world, and like they don't. There's no like Coke ads or Pepsi ads. Like it's a it's its own world. Like the license plates are different. Like, there's not. I, no, there. There's some product placement. Yeah, there was. What? Where? Like um, all the billboards. All the billboards were completely made up. There was nothing. No, I swear to God. Uh, I swear to God. I'll watch the movie again, but I think there's some product placement. We'll. we'll but we'll that Ryan Reynolds that. Pikachu though. Yeah. Oh, he made that movie. Hundred no. percent. Killed it. Uh, most importantly, um, uh, coming up at the beginning of June, we've got. E3 2019. Uh, yeah, there's some big stuff Ooh. with this, you know, like number one, though, Sony's not going to be there. Yeah, dude, I saw that. That's, That's fucked. terrifying. <laughs> what the fuck are you prepping? You know, mm-hmm. like you could have just put like Last of Us together and like Ghost of Tsushima. But if you're just completely out, I'm like, they're prepping. They're like, let's save money to just have some like killer E3 or whatever the next uh con is mm-hmm. I like their games might be featured in other segments so too that's true that's fair i've been seeing a lot of people theorize that like they did that really crappy like um sony let's pay which is like a knockoff like nintendo direct so they did one of those and people are theorizing that they're gonna like uh save some of their titles and like release it on that to try and like get people to like pay more attention when they do those videos um i don't know how much stock i put in that though do you think they're just going to wait and do like a full PS5 style release, but have it on like their own either streaming platform or just put on YouTube separate from E3 after so everyone's undivided attention is on this one big PS5 release with a bunch of games? Like, I think that'd be honestly pretty smart marketing. So I'm thinking about that, right? And smart marketing and smart strategy because I. So E3, both the Xbox One and the PS4 released, and it happened just so nice for Sony, because I don't remember the dates of how it came out, but Sony was like, 
we're focusing on this as a gaming console. This is a gaming console. This is a gaming console. For Xbox, it was like Connect will always be on, right? Remember that where you like had all these motion controls. Connect would always be on. Mm, that's right. You could have all these TV things. So they just suffered, and it had a higher price point, right? So what do you think? about them delaying it so they can see if xbox drops plays their hand they sit on the internet they do like all the marketing research to see what what like failed there and then release a ps5 like addressing all those issues well see it's funny you say that henry because like a lot of people are, are are theorizing that xbox might just be whipping a whole new console out at e3 just hard that's what i'm thinking um which would like be super interesting because honestly, if Sony does delay and they have games to back it up, they would definitely still be able to outshine even without being at E3. But I, do you guys really think that the PS5 or whatever it's going to be called is that far in development? I mean, oh, yeah. possibly. I mean, I, I, we don't fully know. But Sony, this is a big gamble on their part because this could either go really bad or really good. But if they're doing this smart and they're marketing properly this is probably going to go really well for them and considering the edge that they had in the last gen if they keep that going sony's in a really good position so definitely they went in all all in the playstation like they i was watching a video on what uh what sony the diversified market and diversified company that Sony had and how they just broke it down and they really analyzed what was most profitable for us and it was the PlayStation. So they just cut everything out and just made their their company is basically just a PlayStation and then the I forgot what their MP3 player is called. It's like a high end 3K. Oh yeah, uh, like the MP3 yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sony Ericsson, married something like that, because they dropped their Vio laptops, these different things. Mm. Well, and they have Blu-ray. Yeah. So no, that is that is a super good point. Uh, I do think that basically Xbox, the next Xbox, I think will be revealed. Uh, You mentioned the point of is the PS5 that far along in development? Uh, I've been watching a lot of video game theories and video game like asset videos and a lot of people have been talking about how the developers for all these different video games do have ps5 dev kits Mm. in which they're testing games on and uh doing stuff on so that that is something that has been concluded um so we what about this theory okay regardless of the standard of like what xbox is gonna do and like the sony console like state what if sony learned from last year where they brought out these big guns, they tried to hit it with these big titles, and they still utterly and absolutely got crushed by Nintendo. That they saw this, and they were like, okay, we can't afford to like just get swapped by all the Nintendo news that they can just freely drop. And that's why they're not trying to present anything big at E3. What about that theory? Well, yeah, because then there, there's no divided attention during like whatever Sony conference is going to happen then all the attention's on Sony when it happens. So I think that that, again, is a really good marketing decision, but it could go really bad, too. So That's true, but then I also think that one of the beauties of E3 was, like, comparing which company, like, killed it, mm-hmm. you know? 
so that you're going to be losing out on that where you could compare like, oh, like which one did better when everybody's like attention is focused. Right. And then from there, you would have like a divided or you would divide people into what they wanted. You know, so after I watched the two conferences, I was like, yeah, there's no way Xbox. And especially when they revealed the price, I was like, there's no way this is also more expensive. Mm-hmm. So that was just something to think about. But they also could just be building hype and anticipation, which is a pretty powerful tool when you think about any other part of the entertainment industry. Oh, definitely. So I think this is a good transition point into the topic we're going to be under leveling ourselves for. So. Once again, uh, just explaining this segment. Basically, we don't know shit. We don't have degrees in video games or anything, but we just like to discuss different things. So we just take a topic and just kind of discuss it at the level that we can. So for today, we're just going to be discussing the next generation of gaming. And before starting that, uh, I just wanted to ask you guys, what did you like about this generation of gaming? What were some shortly, maybe some games or just kind of some features that came out that you enjoyed? Well, I know you guys will probably talk about a certain corner of gaming a little bit more than I will, so I'll start with my little section that you guys don't touch as much, and that's just kind of the FPS and that kind of big multiplayer world. And I think there's a lot of good that came out of it and a lot of bad that came out of it. I mean, you guys are more into, like, Nintendo and that kind of stuff, which is totally fine. I'll I'll play some goddamn Call of Duty. (laughs) no i'm just i'm bad at it i've never been good at fps so i just don't well actually wait a minute what fucking game did i just play i swear to god i just played an fps for like in theory fortnite oh just kidding i played red dead i thought no that's not an fps (laughs) (laughs) i mean the quality of like graphics and all that obviously got better i mean that was really nice and it's cool seeing bigger servers being able to handle more people um, better online experiences. Obviously, there's been a lot of issues with like, like the whole loot crate stuff and that. But kind of the the physics engines, all of that just got better, which is just kind of how I guess progress in gaming goes. But honestly, mm-hmm. one of my favorite games that I've ever played came out during this um, uh, previous generation or current generation. And that was Battlefield 4. I still play that. It's awesome. I love it. Mm. And there's still games that I play a lot of. Like Rainbow Six Siege came out during that. And it revolutionized kind of how we view first-person shooters and how that works. We've been yeah. getting out of that COD segment of shooters and multiplayer experience and getting into a more customizable, a more deep and in-depth uh, multiplayer experience, which I really do like. And obviously, mm, yeah. there's a lot of things I'd rather see. Um, I'd like to see it get more story-based again. I'd like to see better consumer practices from the bigger companies. Like, I mean, EA comes to mind. And that would be awesome. And I think that this generation and all of those missteps, I think that it'll be easy to refine those for the next generation and keep all the good stuff that happened in this past generation. So I'm looking positive. Obviously, it could go wrong, but... I honestly think that this was a great learning experience for all of like kind of the big AAA gaming. And I think it'll make a big, awesome resurgence again when the next generation of consoles and PC gaming comes out. So, so Greg, I have a question with that uh, FPS factor. 
like we've talked about in the past, you know, how like right now, uh, especially with like the new consoles incoming and like everyone saying like, oh, they've got this stats, this resolution and stuff like that. Um, specifically with like FPS, like some people would argue that that stuff matters more than other games. Um, would you want um, a company to work on like a higher graphical standard or would you just want it to stay where it is and just have overall just like a better game? I mean, I'd say yes to both of those to some extent. I mean, better graphics comes with better games, okay. I think, or like it should come together because with first person shooters, with those kind of experiences, better graphics help because it helps with clarity, helps with vision, helps with the immersion of the game. And that's honestly a huge point of the game. And it helps with, I mean, visibility is such an important part of first-person shooters, and Battlefield Five has had a lot of issues with that. And it's graphically pretty gorgeous otherwise. But I think that the graphics increases in the missteps that were had can lead it to be better in the future. And I think that obviously gameplay is the most important aspect, but I do think that graphics does play into that with the style of games to some extent. Yeah. And for you, Patrick, some things. Yeah. So, um, so for me, I guess a lot of like the games that I played, um, this, I don't know what you want to call it. I guess this generation, this was like a, a class, a cross platformer generation for me, because like, this was like the first time, like I, I played some games on like systems other than just Nintendo um and pc and like those experiences like really they helped like fill some gaps in like my understanding of like the gaming market i think one thing that's kind of fallen apart uh all over the place on games that i've kind of been disappointed about is um this lack of good faith development um on like continuation titles a lot of the times we've been seeing especially in like bigger titles there's this push to make a game that will sell based upon the title's name and not necessarily on the game itself. Like you saw this in like the pretty steep decline in terms of quality and storytelling in like the last Halo game. Um, It was the campaign was really, really short, not super like engaging and like everybody knew the end by halfway through, like it was pretty obvious. And like you, you also see like this weird wrap ups in games where, um, they kind of missed the point of like the original titles. Like for example, um, in the final game with uh, Tomb Raider, um, a lot, I've seen a lot of people say that like the third game out of all three of them was the one where Laura was the least Tomb Raider out of all of them. Yeah, oh, for sure. For me, um, something that I liked with this previous generation was I liked that so this is a double-edged sword. So I'd like that there was the connectivity online. So that was something that was really fleshed out and perfected in this generation. I felt even Nintendo had to go out and get dedicated servers to make sure that everybody could do the online matchmaking as best as possible and do all those things like well and made it so they didn't impact gameplay experience. The double-sidedness to this is that a lot of games came out multiplayer and that was just something that I didn't enjoy for me uh, looking through my game collection most of the games that I've really enjoyed have been the single story um, very fleshed out games with really deep and like immersive immersive worlds so basically this focus on multiplayer because it has a better money-making model 
isn't it it makes me kind of feel alienated you know where Mm -hmm. i don't know there's only so many like witchers and god of wars but then think about how many games like anthem like battlefield or not battlefield battlefront all these different games that come out that can provide the multiplayer experience that can be filled with microtransactions and then just be a better making money making model because in theory which it is kind of sad, but it, these games like God of War, they're super intensive time wise. Like you just have to have a studio that's crunching all the time. And basically when the game sells, like I buy it once and that's it. Like there's nothing that I've bought to continue God of War. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking like Grand Theft Auto five. Uh, when I f- bought that game, I bought the there was no expansions. But to get online, like I, I think I bought one cash card because I just had an extra PSN like money. So I bought that. But that's money that they got, you know, and it's additional to what the game purchase costs. So I think that's something that we'll just see. And I also think that it's, it's strange with these microtransactions and this kind of focus on multiplayer is that they kind of stall the development of the next game which is good and bad because i also like worry for the people making these games right i don't want to just like slave them away Mm -hmm. just for like my consumption so i always keep that in mind but i just think of like grand theft auto 5 for example let's use that basically this is the most length we've had in between grand theft auto games by far uh most of them have been released two to three years within the, the since the last title but basically that has delayed the development and basically because there's this focus on the multiplayer aspect online like what's the incentive for them to make it like they're still making a ton of money on a game that released on xbox 360 and ps3 and just still raking it in so that was just something that i thought but uh, things like dedicated service graphics uh you name it i just think that has been just really awesome oh i forgot my biggest critique of this generation uh, which is definitely the rise and abuse of Battle Royale. I just, I'm... Man, that was the best part of fuck you saying. <laughs> fuck you saying, boy. It's just like, uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. Whoever enjoys them, enjoy them. Because, you know, they are, they are good games and they make a lot of money. For me, it just kind of makes me de-incentivized to like join in those kinds of things um the learning curve can be really brutal unless you just don't care um and i like to play a game and win and in those kinds of games i can't really win not consistently anyway well then i just think that there's not enough variation in gameplay and if there is variation in gameplay with those games it's kind of down to kind of gimmicky mechanics that they just kind of throw in from other games that's that's been my beef because imagine a battle royale where you're so even let's use game of thrones as, as a setting where you're just like a, a an army and they sent you off to fight like another army or something like that something to that nature could be just incredible that'd be so fun or you're like a bunch of ninjas and you have to like storm a castle and you team up with this group of 50 people but it's all focused on the the shooting aspect, which that just turns me off because it's like not that fun. And yeah, that's that's the also the sticking point is that they do have some fucking random gimmicky mechanic, whether it's some stupid ass powers or fucking with Fortnite, the building. Because I got like pretty decent at Fortnite, right? I was like I could kill, I could kind of see like where 
to get through stuff. But then when I would like try to kill people, it'd be like two shots and they've already built like the fucking leaning tower of pizza or piazza on my like building. So I'm like, well, I don't know where the fuck they are. And that was super annoying. Like there's just the super niche things that make this battle royale different from this what makes apex legends different from fortnite that makes it different from whatever PUBG. yeah and i think they just get stale really quick yeah. and i know that's a common criticism of like the first person shooters i play but even then there's some outliers that are incredibly different like siege yeah well i even think with battle royales what makes them stale too is like you can go into this game and then some dude just randomly just comes and just like psh, kills you and you yeah, just you can have play to take for like that. an hour. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just done. Yeah, you just take that. But in COD there's I, I felt like there was a lot of decision making and then also like when you're playing with like really good team teammates, there's like discussion behind it. But Yeah. So what would you want to see in this next generation of gaming? Uh basically with the consoles, maybe even with the games. What are you guys thinking? Cyberpunk 2077. You're right. That's it. <laughs> We're packing that, up. That's end of the, <clears throat> the podcast episode. I want to see Cyberpunk 2077. I want to see story games that are in depth like that, like The Witcher. Um, I'm really excited for that. I love the idea of something like Cyberpunk where it is meshing that kind of first person shooter itch in me but also has that awesome story of like these awesome uh, rpgs i used to play when i was younger better graphics better just like better gameplay experiences like loading times better multiplayer experiences better consumer practices and honestly i think things are looking on the up but yeah i don't know i i'm a simple man i want simple things i want (laughs) fun enjoyable games that distract me from the bad parts of life and i want games that can immerse me in their worlds that's it yeah that's fair patrick uh, yeah so for me i feel like 80 percent of the games that are coming out right now could all be improved if we somehow made uh vr more accessible and better in what way uh, like i I don't really think it's like the way to go in terms of like game like production. I don't think it should ever be the focus. But I think like for example like looking at some like making some remastered games have VR capabilities or just like at least for like a picture mode or something like that, a really easy way to make a world more immersive even if it's only temporary and it's not the whole game focus. I also think that one of the things that I want to see in the future is honestly just more emphasis of backwards compatibility and like being able to replay old gen games because i feel like right now we're in this weird mid-ground where like people who have been playing games for a long time have all these like stories histories experiences with these franchises the backlog is impossible sometimes you have to get so far out of your way to do it like a good example is um is like the Halo series before they released it on the computer. You had to pull out like two different consoles at least to play all those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think simple remasters would help a lot with kind of that itch. And definitely backwards compatibility is always a good thing. But I think that simple remasters of some of the games that we all love that are either kind of too outdated to play or things that we have now can't touch them. 
Like, I think that it'd be nice to be able to play those games again with just higher fidelity, maybe slightly better engines to run mm. them. Something just to freshen them up a bit. I don't need extensions to all these series all the time. I want to see new series, and I want to see just simple remasters of my old games that I love. Yeah, That's about the, it. P- the PS4 5 has been uh, confirmed to be backwards compatible, which I think is cool. The only beef that I have with backwards compatibility is if it holds the console back. So Nintendo is definitely lagging behind with a bunch of their consoles because they really focus on making things backwards compatible. But for me, I just would like to see an evolution of VR first because I, I do think it's an interesting thing and it has become more accessible. The PS VR is pretty inaccessible as a VR kit, but the VR that we have and the games that are available, absolute trash, right? So for me, I think it'd be what fun for one day to play Beat Saber if you've ever played that game, the one where you're oh, like yeah. kind of dancing, but like that's not a game. Like I and they have Skyrim for VR, but <laughs> if I fucking play that game one more time, so yeah, that's, I'd rather just play Skyrim normally. Yeah, that too. But basically, it's they don't have like anything that's super like nice and developed for it. Like I want a full game. So whether that's a port, I'm like, ah, eh, that's fine. But it'll it'll have some weird inconsistencies, or like just develop a really good VR game. Because right now VR is just kind of like this, ideally or not ideally, but in reality, just this privileged thing, and where you can buy it if you have the money to do like really minuscule things. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, you can only swim in dolphins so many times before it's like, okay, like, I don't care. So that, that's just something that I would like to see. Second, I would like to just see a focus on just evolving stories and focusing on that versus focusing on the hype and marketing behind things. You know, I think that if a game is good and has like an amazing story, the game will market itself. I feel like The Witcher, I didn't go like everywhere and see witcher commercials but then once the game released the internet fucking marketed for cdpr themselves you know and if cyberpunk is amazing that that's what will happen there too but then i think of the games like anthem or destiny where they build up all this hype and then they release this broken or just sliver of a game that they promise so that's just kind of frustrating to me so I just think that that focus, it's like, don't focus on the marketing, focus on making a better game. Take that money in which you would market with, hire better people to tell you how to make a good game and continue with that. And also take more time. Like, I think that that is yeah. that's fine to just take more time. I don't think you have to be constantly pushing out games. Uh, just take the time to make a good game and take the time to also make like meaningful DLC like I'm not against DLC at all, but I think that there's very good examples of how it's done well and very good examples of how it's done incorrectly. So mm-hmm. that's just something that I would like to see um, discuss or approach. And also my last thing is that there's been talks of video games streaming services or video game subscription type thing. And I don't want to see that. Um, I don't want to see a Netflix for games or something like that, unless it's like maybe old games and it's a super Mm -hmm. minuscule price. But I'm really starting to get tired of this subscription based 
focus that people have or it's like don't give ownership of something just buy the subscription so you always have to constantly pay for the subscription that's just terrible even with the playstation the paying for the membership like i only do it if i have money or if i'm playing an online game which is rare so Mm. most of the times i don't have it and i know that one's even a little bit better because it pays for the servers but still the whole subscription focus on everything is just kind of starting to rub me the wrong way I completely agree with like your view on subscription subscription stuff. Even when it comes to like movies with Netflix, I'm getting kind of tired of it. Yeah, that's I've even stupid. gone back to buying movies again. I own a lot of movies. Yeah, I have a ton of movies. I have a ton of games. I have physical copies of almost everything that I actually use a lot of. Mm-hmm. That's because I don't want to rely on these subscription services. I don't want to have to deal with them all the time. I don't want to have to pay for them all the time. That's if what I'm I saying. want something enough, I'll just buy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also think that there's a there's a power to it where I can walk my copy of like my editor's edition of The Witcher to you and you can play it, right? Versus like me trying to finagle some online thing. And it like discriminates against people who have booty internet like me. Like I can't keep downloading true. all these fucking Very games. True. You know. So I like physical copies are like how I stay relevant essentially. <laughs> Yeah, even with, like, movies, too. I own stuff like Akira. I own stuff like Star Wars. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go try and stream them all the time. And, like, sometimes the quality is either bad or you have to wait for buffering or you have to, again, keep paying for these streaming services to, honestly, how much are you going to watch other than just watching things or playing things to just kind of fill that time? Why mm. not buy something that you love and watch that? I have it. It's yeah. physical no, exactly. in front of me with that netflix for games that did used to exist i think it was called like a gamefly it had like a logo for like a dragonfly and you could like subscribe i don't know if it's still active pushed out of the public realm but like that was the way you did it that that model was really good i just kind of hate how with these subscription things things are just becoming solely marketed to like one company so all of a sudden you know if you want to watch this specific product you have to have their streaming service and it'll never be anywhere else and they'll always own the rights. And if they take it down, it's gone. And that kind of just shafts a lot of people, um, especially in like other countries. Like now everybody has to rely on like VPNs and stuff like that just so they can like actually watch titles for like reasons that aren't even like legitimately like illegal reasons. It's just it's just how they strategize it and like spread it out. Yeah. Um, one point that I'd like to push back on and uh, we're kind of nearing the end of our episode is basically my difference is so you mentioned Gamefly so Gamefly was super awesome it was kind of around the blockbuster area of stuff is I think that there's a very distinct difference between rentals and subscriptions like Netflix and things like that in which like I always like can choose to opt in or out of these like rentals it's like I go to the store I contact Gamefly and then choose to rent or not but with these subscriptions is that to even have access to it, I have to constantly be paying this subscription mm. so they can mm-hmm. leech like money out for longer because I either forget that I'm paying the subscription or I just keep paying it because I have to like to do something. So that's kind of my difference because Gamefly, it would be like, oh, there was this game that I didn't want to buy. They had a sale. I would go opt in, play it really quick and then return it like because I would just play it in one night, you know, like super short games that you didn't want to invest the full money to. But for me to like opt in to play like some to pay some monthly like subscription to play some games, 
that to, to have access to that might be a little tough. Or Redbox. Let's use Redbox as an example. I get to choose to go to Redbox and pick something, but I don't have to pay the Redbox mm-hmm. subscription to buy movies from there. That's actually a huge point I didn't I didn't consider. Like how with how many hours God of War took and like how restrictive, you know, like everyone's time is in terms of like playing. Like mm-hmm. if you have like a full time job, like that rental of that game with a subscription service that's gonna be at least like two or three months which is which like depending on the pricing like if you're only playing that game means you end up paying more for the subscription fee than the game and you have to rely on your internet mm-hmm. so that's yeah, what I'm that's saying. honestly what i do now is i go to a red box i grab whatever big game that i want to try out i play it for a day or two cost me like what six bucks I mean, it's a little bit of money, but I try out the game. If I love it, I buy it. If I don't like it, I don't buy it. Yeah. And I like that option. And honestly, the dollar signs in the exploitative consumer practices behind streaming services is pretty gross. When yeah. You think about it. No, very true. That's what I'm thinking of doing for Sekiro because I've never played the Souls game, but I don't want to commit to $60. So just try it out if I'm getting my ass beat too much don't buy it but i'm not paying a whole subscription in which they also make it the most complicated thing to try to remove your credit card from there mm-hmm. or to end the subscription you know so but hopefully we don't move in that direction so in quick laundry list of three things you want to see no more extensive subscription model services i want to go back to the good old blockbuster days of being able to rent something if i want to rent something buy something if i want to buy something and if i hold on for hold on for that rental for too long i just end up buying it and <laughs> yeah that's really all i want out of this like it's easy i'm a simple man simple tastes um i want to be a little bit more edgy i want um a third party vr set that is equipped with the access of all subscription <laughs> parties um so that way any vr game on any like produced like group can be played on this same vr headset um as long as you have the various subscriptions and most of all at the end of the day i just want breath of the wild 2 in full vr thank you pat engaging in the cyberpunk dystopia in real life my man that is disgusting just kidding um for me basically (laughs) i just want to continue the better stories um if people have to slow things down that's chill with me and i also just want to keep doing like improvements that aren't kind of just like money power moves as everybody's mentioned and kind of just evolving what we already have and like yeah maybe better looking games too because those are good actually fuck fuck everything fuck everything that i just said you know the one thing that i want i want my fucking system not to sound like a fucking jet engine taking (laughs) off right (laughs) yeah no, fuck, fuck everything that I said. I My PS4 literally sounds like a fucking plane. When I was playing God of War, <laughs> my God. If I don't play with my headphones on, that shit, man. Yeah. Ooh, that's another you... thing. I, I, I hesitate, like, because PS5, they said that they have, like, interactive sound qualities in the system. I don't want that. I, that's, oh, no, I, I definitely do. No, for I, I for want... people like Greg for FPS, it would, it may it would make the distinction of if you were wearing headphones. Uh, I was watching a video. He explained it would make the difference between like knowing distinctly like where a person's creeping up on you, so like how you would in real life. If it, if it, if it works, I mean, directly. a lot of games have that, but like 
it would be nice to have that option on the console in case the game developers are dumb and don't put that in. So, yeah. No, no. So, they're trying to build that up. So, like, they're basically, like, all these, every improvement. I was watching uh, one of the, uh, a video basically describing what the PS5, like, head director was saying. And he was basically saying that we've all focused on graphics, but audio has kind of remained stagnant. So, let's focus on the audio. Let's make it so, like, you can hear different, like, multi-directional things in headphones when you have that to create a better experience. And I'm all for that. That would be awesome. I'm down with that. That's fine. But, like, is that... Because if it's in the game aspects, that's fine. If it's like if the console's marketing it as like somehow the console has a good sound system and like you could just use the console, like I don't, I don't buy that. I don't want that. I want the ability to like utilize other aspects to like build that sound experience for myself. I don't want it to be forced upon me in a specific way, like because I feel like you know sound has the aspect of being very immersive. Like Henry, for example, like the the moment when um. Jormungandr in God of War appears and he makes that like deep bass noise Mm -hmm. like there's so many different aspects to that sound that just like enhance the game so greatly yeah yeah but if it has a better output setting and still keeps the old not as good output settings I'm gonna take that because as a confirmed audiophile if (laughs) I can buy a machine that has a higher fidelity of audio output I'm gonna get that because it sounds better it sounds more real, it's more immersive, and it's better for gameplay. And even if I'm just trying to listen to music on it, that sounds a million times better. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I get what your point is. Like, so you basically just don't want to make it less accessible to people who don't have like soundbar systems, multi soundbar systems and surround sound, which I agree to, but basically that is the point too, is that so as they're making four K, eight K, the people who do have their surround systems basically like their games aren't used for shit basically well that's the end of our episode um i'm henry here uh any last words from our host nah, i'm good man i said everything i want except for again everyone cyberpunk 2020 2077 you fucking motherfuck i know the original game was called cyberpunk 2020 i'm sorry 2020 <laughs> Awesome. It's a tabletop from the 80s, bro. That's fair. Yeah. I personally cannot wait for 2024 when they release uh, Tales, the movie. That's all I can wait for. That's all I want. Nope. Every every time I've said you have final words, you say some bullshit that makes me just want to cut it out. But it's I, I asked for final words so I can never cut it out. And it's starting to piss me off. I'm going to. I can give you I, I can give know. you alternatives. You can choose. I'm just going to change. What, I'm going to change what you say. I'm going to pull something in the, in the other part of the episode and just plop that in and be like, those are your final words. <laughs> So, and he's just gonna cut out my voice. I want Pikmin eight hundred. All right, that's it. We're ending the episode. <laughs> have, a, have a good night, everybody, and a good, good rest of your week. Good night, my children. <laughs>All the music you hear today is by Echo Music. Links will be in the description for his wonderful, wonderful music.